And so there's this travel blogger I follow, tra- the traveling child, she's on Instagram. And her like quote is, uh, if kids live there, kids can visit. And it's so simple and it's so true. Like all of these places everywhere in the world, there are kids, right? And there's challenges to some places and we haven't been anywhere like immensely challenging, I would say, but there's kids everywhere. You can make it work. Um, and it's so rewarding. Like it's a really rewarding. And when we started this, he was saying, I had a notes uh, in the notes app on my phone, every word he said. And it was like, I don't know, there was like 50 or hundred words. And now he's like telling stories and saying full sentences and talking about, you know, the elephants he saw in Sri Lanka and the Buddha he saw in Thailand. And um, you're just like watching it kind of click and interest develop and it's exhausting, but it's so exciting. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. It's 11.32 p.m. on a Thursday night and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb and you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone. You know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer? They use Guesty for Hosts, an easy-to-use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel anytime if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code SPONSTANIUS for 20% off your first year. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS. Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. In just a moment, you'll meet Stephanie Hayes and Peter Wilcock, winners of Airbnb's Live Anywhere contest. Last summer, Airbnb announced that they were looking for 12 individuals who'd be willing to live full-time via stays booked on their platform for an entire year. And over 314,000 applicants from all around the world applied for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. One of the 12 selected was Steph Hayes. Steph and her husband Peter are no strangers to travel. In fact, the couple first met each other in a bar in Shanghai. Since then, they've traveled to more than 70 countries and lived abroad on a number of occasions. Most recently, Steph and Pete were living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, along with their toddler son, Hayes. When Steph heard about the contest, something told her that she just had to throw her hat into the ring. And well, that something was right. Tune in to hear the incredible story behind what this young family has learned after nine months of living around the globe on Airbnb. All right, 
Without further ado, get ready to meet Steph and Pete. All right, Stephanie and Peter, welcome. How are you both doing this evening? You guys are, you guys, it's 9.20 p.m. And, and where in the world are you? We're in Seoul, South Korea. You are in Seoul, South Korea. And it is 8.20 a.m. at the time of this recording. And I am actually in the Hudson Valley area in, in New York. So this is fun. This is fun. I think that this might be the interview I've, the, the interview, the only interview that I've done where there's been like a 13 hour time difference. So, uh, <laughs> nice. first well, time for everything. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited personally for this conversation because I have been following Airbnb's live anywhere program, um, for a while now. And it was fun to connect and, and reach out and, get you all on on the show. So I, I wanna, there, there's so much I wanna accomplish with this interview that it's gonna be hard to fit everything in. But I wanna start by hearing the story behind how you both came to be aware of this program, the Live Anywhere program. Where, where were you and how did you discover the program? And ultimately, what was it that compelled you to apply? Sure. I remember, I remember exactly where I was. I was sitting on my couch about to go to the gym, which is not something I do a lot lately. <laughs> um, and I was looking at Instagram and um, some now friends of ours, they're YouTubers, they're from Chattanooga. They had moved back. Uh, their names are Chris and Sarah. They're wonderful. And they, they shared it on their Instagram story. Um, and it was, I don't know, like two or three days before it closed. And the, my first thought was, how have I not seen this everywhere? Huh. This is such an incredible program. I, I worked in travel and tourism. Um, I have a lot of friends that are traveled. And so I went to the gym and I spent the whole bar class just like brainstorming and thinking, okay, I've got to apply for this. I've got to apply for this. Um, and then came home and started the application. And it, it was a 500 word essay. And I'm not as you'll see in this podcast, um, very articulate. And so I knew that there was no way I could say what I wanted to say in 500 words. And I thought, what if I, what if I just build a website? I wonder if they'll click it and, and, and see more. Huh. And so I spent the whole weekend just like on Squarespace trying to tell our story, um, in this, in this application. Um, yeah. Wow. So you decide 500 words isn't sufficient. So I, I gotta, you know, take a risk here. And who, who knows if they're going to click a link, right? Cause like sometimes yeah, they're, they're yeah. very, they're very skeptical of those sorts of things. Exactly. Right? And, I was, uh, maybe not. So I wrote the 500 words as well, but, was, <laughs> but then, you know, for, for more info, click here. Yeah. 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 yeah no, exactly. that's great. So, okay. Uh, so you're just, you're on Instagram before you go to the gym, you see this program, like what did, did, did a part of you, did a part of you think that we're great candidates for this. Like I'm a great candidate. Like, did you, did you believe that like you had a chance or was this sort of like a, ah, uh, you know, I don't think you, you don't ever see that stuff and think like, Oh yeah, this is for me. Yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. Um, but I mean, Pete and I have talked about this since then. Usually you see it and you look through the bullet points and, and you get to one and you're like, Oh wait, they're not looking for me. Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. And this one, there was stuff in there, like, for example, we're not working this year. We quit our jobs, which is a whole other crazy thing. Um, and this, is, a lot of people in the program are, are working and trying to prove that you can work anywhere. So there was definitely some stuff that I was like, okay, they're probably not looking for me. But there was, you know, a little bit of going down that list and thinking, you know what? Like, we could do this. And, and Pete, so, Pete, what did you think? Like, when, when, when Stephanie was like, hey, we're, I'm, I'm going to apply to this thing. Like, what, what ran through your head? Do you remember the moment she brought it to you? And, and what did you think? 
Yeah, I, I do. Um, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I think I was first a little apprehensive. Um, I don't know, maybe I felt like we were so we loved where we lived in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, settled with our, our lives and, and our jobs there and things like that. So to have something that could potentially completely flip that on its head, um, let alone even getting selected, you know, so I, I maybe I was a little <laughs> not as, uh, I don't know, not confident. You, right you work, said, what I, are we going to do? Quit our jobs? Said, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I was all in favor of it and really wanted to, you know, support Stephanie with it, of course. And then when she came up with a website idea and uh, started showing me the website and what she had built in a very quick space of time, it was like, oh, we, yeah, we've got a shot and um, we love Airbnb. I mean, we've, uh, I mean, Steph will probably talk about this, but for how long that we've been on the platform and uh, just an opportunity like this was, um, yeah, something we had to we had to go for, and then um, yeah, I mean, the rest is the rest is history. But yeah, a little a little apprehensive, I'd say, to to begin with. Um, but yeah, you know, absolutely ecstatic that you know we, she went for it and she applied. And it, you know, it would have been one thing if you were in a situation where you weren't too happy with life, you didn't love your your neighborhood, you didn't like your home, <laughs> right? Maybe it would have been a little bit easier. But it sounded like it sounded like you guys were very content, very happy with with you know where you were and, and the community that you had built. So um, this was this was a real risk. I, I'm curious, Stephanie, what was on this website? Like, what? How, how did you think? Like, had you built websites before, or did you did you know what no, you were I mean, doing? It was or? Space, but, um, <laughs> and I should say when we when we thought we maybe fit the bill was before we had heard there was 314,000 applicants like, in no way like right. to this day people are like how did you get selected I don't know like we yeah. we don't know it's as much luck as qualifications of course um no the website just told our story so Pete and I met um living in Shanghai after college we since then had lived in London we moved to Mumbai India um we hosted in 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 London and Mumbai not in Shanghai and in Chattanooga um and we had been living in Chattanooga for six years, very happily. We had a great house, wonderful friends, jobs that we liked and were in our industry kind of thing. And so I think to your point, like, yes, it was super scary to uproot all of that, but being settled was almost scarier for us. Like it makes it harder. Like it was, you know, when we were bouncing around without a kid and being expats and this and that, it was kind of easy. You never knew where you were going to be. And then yeah. all of a sudden it was like, wait, we're, we, we have a lot of things tying us to, to Chattanooga. It was exactly what we wanted after years of bouncing around, but then kind of six years into it, we definitely felt that desire to travel, but didn't really know how to make it happen anymore. So this was was sort of the push we needed. So anyway, uh, we told the story that we, we had just started actually within a few months of the, the program launching, um, talking about wanting to take a year off and travel with our son Hayes. And we had arbitrarily decided when he was between three and four would be the perfect time. People say two-year-olds are a lot of work. So I think we had just, we had decided, you know what, between three and four, there we go. He's not in kindergarten. It gives us some time to save some money, whatever. And then of course we saw this and he's, he's two and a half right now. So he's about a year and a half at the time. Um, and we thought, you know, well, this is a, nicer way to travel if somebody's going to remove the accommodation line item it's a brand we've been loyal to for years and we absolutely love and respect it's kind of a dream come true so 
we tried to tell that story, I guess, on the website. And then also we've been hosts. We've been hosts on the platform since yeah. 2012. Um, we've been users since 2010 and hosts since 2012. We've hosted in London, Mumbai, and Chattanooga, um, which I think is a, I mean, I can't speak for Airbnb, but I assume is a big piece um, in I'm, that we were, you know, avid hosts on the platform as well. And I had Stephanie shared a couple of stories uh, of when we have been hosts because we've always hosted people in our house. Oh, wow. Um, in a, in a room, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a room in our house. And so, um, you know, did that back in, what, 2012 and such. So, I mean, quite a few years ago, but um, met some amazing people and and still friends to, to this day, even visited those people in their country and all that kind of stuff. So some really great classic Airbnb stories, I think, were in the application as well, which uh, I think never hurts, you know, to, to have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, such an interesting perspective, right, where you all are avid travelers. You've been you know, you're true globetrotters. You've also used the platform a lot and you've hosted via the platform. So sort of this just, you know, multiple angles through which I think that you can you can help uh, as as they as they strive to build the future of travel and work. So make, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, again, I, I have to believe that there are a lot of other people that are that also kind of fit that category, or or at least a couple of those categories. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I mean, it's oh, yeah. still it's still just amazing that like, you know, over three hundred thousand. I think the number I had seen was three hundred fifty thousand. I don't know what the actual number was, but I mean, more than you know, a significant number of people applied for this program. And, you know, you were one of, I believe, 12, Stephanie, that were selected. And then, and then mm-hmm. you could bring other people like your, your spouse or your partner or, you know, your family al- along for the journey with you. It's 11.32 p.m. on a Thursday night and you wake up in a panic. You forgot to send your guests the custom lockbox combination for your Airbnb. And you missed the 17 messages they sent saying that they couldn't get in because you enabled sleep mode on your iPhone you know, to try and cut down on screen time before bed and all. After apologizing profusely and sending them a bottle of bubbly in hopes that they won't leave you a one-star review, you think to yourself, how do other hosts stay on top of guest communications? The answer? They use Guesty for Hosts, an easy-to-use rental management platform. With features like automated messages that send important communications to guests at the exact right times, you'll never have to jeopardize your beauty sleep again. Guesty for Hosts allows short-term rental hosts to manage listings from Airbnb, VRBO, and Booking.com in one calendar and send a series of automated messages before, during, and after the guests stay. The platform also has features that help you manage cleanings, build a custom booking website, and so much more. You can start your 14-day free trial today, no credit card or setup fee or commitment required, and you can cancel any time if you don't love it. And it gets even better. While getting started for the first time, use the discount code SPONSTANIUS for 20% off your first year. Again, that's SPONSTANIUS. Use that discount code at checkout for 20% off your first year. When you got the news, like, <laughs> what, did you, what did you feel? Like, what was, what was the first emotion you remember feeling when you, I imagine it was an email or a, a call, like. No, it was actually, it was drawn out over like three weeks or so. We kept getting, you know, through Round, rounds yeah. and each one, it's like, you start to believe they could pick you, but you also start to believe. They're not At good. one point they told us, <laughs> I think they said, you know, you're one of 
150 and then one of 40 and then one of 20. And it was like, stop telling me this. Cause it one <laughs> on one of the calls, I think they said, you know, 300,000 people applied and you know that you're one of 20 at that point. And you're like, if you, if I lose it at this point, yeah, what like, does that I'd mean? Rather, maybe, <laughs> anyway, so I think we had, you know, we had a few weeks to go through all of the emotions. And then there was a phone call uh, where they told us that I, you know, we thought it might be good news. And I started crying immediately. Wow. I knew I would start crying at some point during the phone call. It happened way quicker than, than I imagined. And my parents were with us because um, part of our application was that not only are we traveling with our, our two-year-old Hayes, but my parents are both recently retired and they've joined us, I don't know, in like five or six countries so far. And wow. so we called them to your point. There's, um, there's 12 participants, but then each participant's allowed three companions. So I can't have my parents and Pete and Hayes all as official companions. So we called them, you know, our bonus companions. And we said, you know, on their own dime, they're going to come, they're going to show up. They're going to, we're going to have three generations traveling. Um, and so they were in some of our interviews and then they were actually there upstairs watching Hayes while we had this call and they ran downstairs and um, I don't work at this job anymore. So I can, I can say that we opened some champagne at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is amazing. And, and, and Pete, what about you? Like, were you were you in disbelief like did you or, or was it like you know this makes sense or how did you respond yeah I, th I think um you know for my what I was saying earlier about my sort of reservations and all that kind of stuff you know when Stephanie was applying the each round that we went through I think even just the the first email that you got to say that you've been selected for the first round of interviews I really oh you just I really wanted for Stephanie to be selected so badly I mean it was just like it, and and then every round that we got closer, I was just like, oh, this would just be so incredible. And you start to to dream a little bit about, you know, where Making are we going to go? Yeah, where are we going to go? And like, you know, obviously there was a lot still happening with COVID, you know, still is to a certain extent. So, you know, you had to sort of, it was a different way, but you did start to allow yourself a little bit to dream. And, you know, that was dangerous, but um it was just so it was so incredible when they when they told us um you know and i was just so incredibly proud of stephanie and you know for for applying for it you know, and uh and putting forward such a good application because it, it really worked and uh yeah it was it was an incredible feeling and then it was just like sheer kind of like oh my yeah, gosh we had we six, gonna... six weeks <laughs> six weeks until you had to go wow okay so okay i i want to talk about this because i would imagine right that if if I had received news like this, right, your first emotion is just pure joy and excitement, and you are just on cloud nine. You feel like the luckiest person in the world. I mean, it feels it really does feel like you've won the lottery, right? And then I still feel that ten months in. You oh, still yeah. feel that <laughs> ten months in, right? And so yeah. so and then, right? I would imagine that there's like a second thought of oh my job, oh our house, oh our, you know. <laughs> so once you got to the O's, how, how did you? or I guess walk us through those O's like how was it sort of very easy to kind of just figure figure this out was it did you think twice about quitting your jobs and walk us through sort of what happens once the initial you know the initial adrenaline of the news dies down yeah I mean I guess once you're presented with those <coughs> figures and 3,000 people and whatever it's just like it's so obvious that it's a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. that we are incredibly lucky and grateful to have been selected for. So yeah, I mean, I'd like to say that like 
it was an agonizing decision, but well, I mean, I remember giving my notice to, to my boss and he, he turned and he said, okay, you know, this is the point in the interview where I would, or the conversation, whatever, where I would typically ask you, oh, what will, what will it take for you to stay or da, 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 da. And he's like, I'm not going to do any of that. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry. There's no, there's no scenario where I'm not traveling for a year. Um, so I think, I mean, it's always hard to leave places and I think friends and family, um, certainly. And especially with Hayes, you know, being so young yeah. um, and being so close to my parents. But I think the other thing we've learned from from living abroad um, for kind of two years since is that a year is not really a huge amount of time in the grand scheme of things. And yes, I'm starting to get a little bit anxious about needing employment in a few months, um, but not so much that it prevented me from wanting to take this opportunity. And I think, and the other thing is like, I think a lot of people learned a lot of things during COVID and the pandemic. And one common one, I think, is just like how precious time is and how short life is and all of those cliches, Yeah. Um, which then, you know, on top of that, we had a newborn or a five month old right when, you know, COVID hit, um, which compounds that even more. Right. Sure. So I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't an immensely difficult decision. (laughs) And were you guys, were you, were you guys both working? Were you still working in travel at this point, both of you or, or had just me? Okay. Just yeah. You. I worked for, um, uh, visit Chattanooga. So okay. the, the city's tourism board marketing Chattanooga is a tourism destination, which I had only been in the role for a little over two years. I had been in Chattanooga for a while, not in tourism and really wanting to work in tourism, but, um, hadn't found out how to do that yet. So I was, you know, really, it was a good fit, but we have itchy feet. Well, Hey, I would imagine after, after this experience, like you have so many ideas, you could, you could go market for anybody, you know, visit, visit anybody at this point. Um, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you just add this to your resume was part of the live anywhere program on Airbnb. I mean, anyone in travel is going to, going to pick you up, Stephanie. So I, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. Um, so I have to ask, how did you approach like the logistics in the planning for this adventure. So, you know, my wife and I have, have been bouncing around Airbnbs for 15 months now, N- you know, not uh, a part of this program, but we, we, we've learned a lot about like what it, yeah. you know, how to search and, you know, what kind of places to look for and what places are conducive. We're both working full time, right? So what kind of places are conducive to two people being on Zoom calls at the same time, right? And so, and, and it's, it is like a lot of work. It's a lot of work to kind of think through. So I'm curious, you guys, and, and we have not gone internationally at all. So uh, how, talk to us about how you approach this, the, like the planning and how far along do you plan out? Like, has it been overwhelming? Like, you know, how have you approached thinking through where you want to go and, and what you'll do and, and how you'll navigate these places? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, it is, it is a ton of work. And I say that, and every time I talk about that, I'm so reluctant to say anything that sounds like complaining this year. Cause I literally go to sleep every night and wake up every morning, just like thinking how incredibly lucky I am and how this is such an amazing opportunity. Um, that said, it's a ton of work to keep up with moving every month and COVID restrictions and planning, you know, finding Airbnbs and then finding side trips and this and that. But it is like, my favorite thing to do in the whole world. So I haven't gotten stressed because there's a lot. And then I'm like, wait a second, the fact that I get to be stressed about constant travel planning is just a dream come true. But um, we've planned it very differently than we might have 
without COVID and with more of a lead time, I, we, we've traveled a lot. And I, even in Chattanooga, we'd go on one, sometimes two international trips a year that I would start planning, I don't know, six months out in advance, scour Airbnb, flights, alerts, all of that. And with this, we just haven't been able to. So because a lot of the destinations we wanted to go to weren't open or still aren't open due to COVID. So we didn't want to line stuff up, you know, our plan yeah. B destinations and then have them open up. So for the first few months, I'd say we knew two or three mm -hmm. destinations. So two or three months where we were going to be, but then towards November, December, I mean, it was rare for us to know where we would be three weeks in advance. Wow. Um, and we've done a lot of bouncing around in a way that we wouldn't have without COVID restrictions. Like we went Thailand opens. So we, we love Asia. Um, and when we were talking about doing this year before Airbnb, we thought we might spend the whole year in Asia. Um, mm. so Thailand opened and we came, we came out there and then Sri Lanka was open. So we went there and we were hoping that, you know, more stuff would follow and continue to open and it didn't. So then we went to Cape town and then, Somehow we ended up in Mexico City. It's been a whole <laughs> <laughs> made zero sense. I've spent, I don't even know how much money I've spent on COVID tests. Yeah. I don't know, like how much money I've spent on Hayes tests that he didn't actually need. But I just like, it's all, it's been, I don't know, a wild ride. You have like a separate line item in your budget just for COVID tests each month. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, really, like there's a lot of places that, we might not be able to justify it if we weren't spending a month in each place. Like, you know, Thailand had added probably 400, this is a tangent, but $400 or something to our trip to get the hotel and the, the tests and the transportation. So it's a real new factor out there, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I not being able to plan too far out in advance is I think if we had been given this opportunity without COVID as a, as a, a thing um we definitely would have planned out 10 months um, yeah. and 10 different locations right um but because we haven't been able to do that it's actually been really good not to have too many too much distraction of like where you're going next because um it even happened just the other day we were walking down the street here and we we're going to vietnam next we know we're going to be we, we have got that booked but i mean we we're starting to talk about how excited we are about going to vietnam and you're like Wait, we're still in Seoul. Like we're still yeah. in Korea. Like, like, we're still got, we're dying we're still to be got, here, so it's hard. It's, yeah. So I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really glad that we don't know where we are in, in you know, the next three months' time because you can, it, you can kind of get too distracted. I think so. It's been a really good realization because I would have said to you, oh my god, like we would have totally planned things out totally differently, you know, before. Yeah. So I, I think going forward, though, I'd even. Not it's that made us more flexible. Yeah. The downside, well, there's another, in addition to not being distracted, it's allowed us to be adaptable. And I think yeah. traveling is relatively new parents. Like it's a whole different ball, ball game. Like yeah. your priorities are different. What you're looking for is different and that changes. So if we had planned it all out, like the place we stayed <coughs> in Sri Lanka was remote than anywhere else we'd stayed and absolutely amazing. And so now everywhere we go, there's, you know, something that kind of expands what we're looking for or changes it. And so it's nice to be flexible. I will say the one downside is um, not being able to tell friends and family where we're going to be so that they can also plan to yeah, come visit. Um, yeah. We have a lot of people that have visited and people that want to visit, but they're also like, where are you going to be in July? And it's like, I don't know. Well, we're finding the best of these. I mean, because we're like kind of 
you know, when you're only planning somewhere out three or four weeks in advance, and like you, you, need a month. you don't get the best of the listings, you know, best of the options. There's I guess. tons of perfectly good ones, yeah. but you don't get those like necessarily like dream listings all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, with our new, uh, split stays feature, maybe, uh, maybe that'll help out. Um, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> I think we've been, we've more been doable. I did, I did have just a couple questions about, about sort of like the stays. So are you, are you booking, you're booking month long stays? Like, is that, is that a requirement or as part of the program or did you guys yeah, decide that? Okay. Because the program um, was born from the fact that their long-term stays increased so much, yeah. they wanted to understand what people are looking for in long-term stays. So it's recommended that we spend a minimum of four weeks in each listing. Got it. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Within that, we can we can double book and we've been doing, which is a luxury, um, some shorter trips. So like on Monday, we're headed to Busan for a few nights, um, which is on the coast of Korea. So we've been... It doesn't mean we haven't been traveling, but we've, for the most part, been situated in one place, one place. getting to know that place for a month. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, uh, considering what the program's all about. Now, of all the places you have been, you, I mean, you guys have been avid travelers, it sounds like, for years. But in, in this in this last year, and what we're, we're, we're about nine months in or eight months in, how long, how long, when did the program actually start? Uh, this is our ninth month. Ninth yeah. month, okay. So next month is the final month of the program. Ne- next month is the final month of the program. Wow, okay. So, um... What what place has surprised you the most? Again, you guys have been a lot of places previously, but yeah. which which place has surprised you the most? I think Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Sri Lanka, because we've been, a lot of the places we've been are places we've been before, but obviously not stayed a month. So that's, you know, the, the necessity to stay somewhere a month kind of changes how you're looking at places. There's a million places I'd love to visit, but I'm not sure I want to spend a month. So yeah. we've sort of been picking places that we, you know, want to get, maybe we've been to them before, maybe we haven't, but we feel like we could get to know them. Um, Sri Lanka, we had never been to, we lived in India for two years. And so I think there's some similarities, but not, I think we thought we would understand some, but it was still super unfamiliar to us. Um, we visited at a, great time since they're going through a lot of political stuff right now. And I'm not sure the next time people will be able to visit. So that feels really lucky. Also unfortunate, obviously. Um, but that was a really, that was a really special stay just because the country is amazing. The people are wonderful. It's beautiful. It's got, you know, beaches and mountains and spectacular train. It's got so much in such a tiny Island. Um, and we had some good friends come visit and my family. And it was just, I don't know, that sticks out as, as one of the most memorable months for sure. Yeah, we the Airbnb that we stayed in was, was Incredible. just so, so awesome. Yeah, it was such a great listing. Um, and so that just in itself was a great experience. I think that added to it. But um, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. Sri Lanka was... I hate saying that because you can't story. really recommend it as a destination right, right now. But, <laughs> but if and when the, it becomes stable, they will need... Add it to your bucket list. Add it to your bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That that is not. I I haven't even. I don't think I've even ever thought about going to Sri Lanka. So, um, hey, I will. I will do some investigating. I'll add it to my list. Um, speaking of sort of these these longer term stays, you're you're in locations for a month at a time. Have you interacted with any of of the local communities in this space? Have you have you made any friends along the way? I know that it's still like we're still like coming out of COVID here, so things are I would imagine depending on the country you're in wildly different. But what what sort of interaction, if any, have you had with with the local communities? 
Yeah, that's hard too. And that's, that's constantly a topic of conversation among the participants too. Um, it's like, you know, you're in these places a long, longer amount of time. How do you um, forge community kind of thing? And it's a struggle, honestly, because a month, it sounds sort of like a long period of time, but it's, it's really just long enough to like, you don't, I don't know. And I think as we've lived as uh, expats in places for kind of two, three years at a time, it sort of feels like you should know more and then you leave and you're like, I actually don't know that much about yeah, this place because yeah. a month is not that much time. And then I think on top of that, like traveling with a kid makes that harder. You're not like lingering in bars or coffee shops or places where you, you meet people spontaneously. Like, yeah, some playgrounds and this and that, but I mean, when we're out exploring, it's like our undivided attention is on <laughs> Making sure, yeah. Not, you know, you're kind of half in conversations and half out. So yeah. um, we haven't had as much kind of community or social interactions, I think as we'd like. But one thing I will say is that um, we love Airbnb experiences mm. and we always try to go on at least one pretty early on in our stay because there's just such a valuable way to spend time with a local, with other travelers, getting to know a city. You can pick whatever your interest is. For us, it's usually a food tour. Um, and we've just had, I mean, we've had a couple of duds, but we've had, we've been on two already in Seoul. Yeah. We did a cooking class and um, a food market tour, both with incredible hosts, just mm. like so friendly and warm and bubbly. And um, we were just saying, we've been here about 10 days. And so we usually get to that point, like halfway through our stay, like, oh, have we done, like how we, we sort of, we, we sort of land in a place and start organically exploring or whatever and then we get like okay wait have we have we done everything on our list like how let's plan out our days from now on and we were just saying it feels like we've been here much longer it yeah. feels like we've really gotten a lot done and I, i'll credit that to i think these two experiences just like being a really efficient way to hit the ground running and learn a lot and meet a local um i'd, I'd say uh place where we probably interact with the most sort of locals and and small exchanges is in playgrounds so ah. we obviously have been going to a lot of playgrounds um, and it's really fun in each city to, to go and check out different playgrounds. They're all different, uh, but it's really fun to watch our son interact with other kids, um, especially like his age. Um, and I, I think, I mean, it's still so strong in the memory, but Rome was the first place that we went to on this program. And uh, we stayed right on a piazza that had this incredible playground. And um you know, our, our son Hayes went the very first day and sort of just went into his playground and started running around. But it, I, I, I think, you know, for his first sort of interaction going up to these kids with, they were all just like speaking Italian and they were really going at each other, you know, these kids talking really fast. And, and he, it took him a second to be like, wait, I don't think I'm in Chattanooga anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I can't understand what's going on here. Like, it was a really cool moment, but like, and we've had that moment every time we've been in a different country. And and then you kind of, so we've had like the odd conversation with like parents in the, in the playground, which is, which is really nice. It unfortunately never goes any further where you maybe, you know, get to hang out with them. That would be really cool. Um, I guess this that's point, I mean, just a month, still just isn't isn't long enough as it really yeah, I mean, to, it's, it's to funny. force some of those sort you challenge yourself to, to push it and try to be overly friendly whatever but it's still only a month so like yeah. even when we go to a restaurant at the beginning of our stay and we're like oh, we love this place you know we're gonna go back here you know there's places in chattanooga that i love that i still only go to once a month yeah twice a month yeah like, yeah, yeah. there many months so 
yeah, it's, it's finding that balance between really getting to know a place, but also maximizing your time and exploring. And, and I mean, just the fact that Hayes goes to sleep at like eight o'clock, <laughs> even if we met somebody in the playground and wanted to hang out with them later, it's, you know, our time is a little bit limited. Yeah. You know what you guys should do? You guys have probably done this already, but you guys should uh, document like where all these playgrounds are. Like you should start like a, a travel, like Play search blog. blog just for playgrounds. Like think about like hey. all these, all these digital nomads that are, you know, you know, my wife yeah. and I, like w- once we have kids, it's like, you know, who knows, who knows what will happen, but we do want to still travel a lot. And so like knowing where to go in each country, there you go. There's your next, uh, business venture, Stephanie. There you go. Playgrounds, playgrounds, playgrounds. Um, no, but it's funny because some places you assume like Korea, I was like, Oh, they're going to have tons of playgrounds and there's no playgrounds. There's a lot of like kid cafes you can pay for and a lot of amazing public spaces that Hayes loves, but aren't kids. Yeah. It's just, it's funny. It is an interesting one. We talk a lot about playgrounds and I'm sure if people don't have kids, they're like, shut up. No, no, no. It's good. What's cool. It's like, (laughs) like I would imagine too, that like that, that is a connection point in these local communities. Like if your kids start talking to each other and realize that they can't understand each other. Right. But there's, they're just children. So they will play anyways. That, that is mm-hmm. instant connection between you and their parents, right? And like mm-hmm. when you're traveling internationally and it's, it's already hard to build community, like that's a that's probably one of the best ways to do so. Should, should you, you know, be in a place a little bit longer, you know, than a month where you might actually be able to hang out with these individuals. But uh, I, I think I yeah. think you guys are onto something there. Uh, keep keep pressing into the <laughs> playground thing. Um, so uh, a lot of the folks that are listening to our conversation today are, are Airbnb hosts. And many of them are interested in trying to figure out how best to attract digital nomads to stay, you know, two to four weeks, a little bit longer than sort of someone might say for just a vacation. So based off of what you all have learned in your inner travels, what, what makes an Airbnb a great home and a great office and, and not just a great vacation rental? Yeah, I think that's so subjective in a lot of ways. I'm trying to think of like what, are givens. And actually we're hosts at home too. And we haven't had a lot of longer stays, just I think the nature of Chattanooga uh, and our location. But I think ones that everybody can agree on, obviously Wi-Fi is important. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know that. I think having a place that's not a bedroom or a kitchen table mm-hmm. to like sit at is important. Um, we're not working, but I'm, you know, editing YouTube videos and whatever. So having a dedicated space to do that for us. I mean, as family travelers, um, we definitely always look for a space to hang out. That's not the bedroom because Hayes naps in the day and then goes to sleep early. So mm. we spend far more time in listings than we did as travelers before we had our son. Um, so we definitely like outdoor space is something I look for a lot now, whereas mm. if I was on a normal weekend holiday or something, it would not be a priority because I would be out and about all day long. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And then just, I mean, decor wise and stuff, just somewhere like kind of homey and not too sterile. Like we've been a lot of places and plants, which I actually haven't purposely looked for, but every time we get somewhere new with plants, it's it's like, oh wait, this feels like a home and not just like, you know, this like white box kind of Airbnb thing. Um, And it, it, I don't know, but I'm reluctant to like kind of pin stuff down because it really does change all the time because Pete and I tend to like kind of like simple minimalist spaces no clutter yeah but then after a few months of this we um we were going to Cape Town which is almost halfway for us and I think we're missing home a little bit but not necessarily home just a home and so we picked 
a listing that was like actually somebody's home, which I think is becoming more rare these days. Yeah. It's an, um, but this one, you could really tell that, you know, he lived there at some point. I think he even stayed with his wife or girlfriend between um, listings and you could really tell. And we got there and I was just like, this is what we needed. Like, it's not always what we need. And we haven't really been somewhere like that since, but at the time and point in our journey, it was like, no, I want a place with art on the wall and plants and, you know, a record player that I never used, but like in the <laughs> kind of homely sort of um, a kitchen stocked with real things that people use when they cook, not just one bad Ikea knife kind of situation. <laughs> um, and, and also I think we actually picked that particular one in Cape Town also because of the yes. host. And that's something that, again, we had, we wanted more of as we've gone through this journey is that we we wanted we wanted hosts that we could maybe interact with more especially if we're here for a month um, and they seem like a you know great person and maybe had some really cool recommendations and then maybe we could even meet up with them i mean that sounds so weird from what we used to do i used to be like give me a door code and don't talk to me i want to maximize my time and whatever and now you know this guy nick (laughs) came and kind of showed us around and he and then he was you know he said something like oh, you should do this or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, well, we could hang out or whatever. And then he got COVID the next day. Uh (laughs) Um, But we WhatsApped, you know, back and forth the whole time recommendations. And it's, so I guess, I don't know, that was a convoluted non-answer, but it's important to figure out what you're looking for. And that might change a lot. And then understanding the platform and getting really familiar with the platform. I've talked to numerous friends this year and they're like, that have had not great experiences with Airbnb. And I was kind of challenging them and like, why, why is this? And then with one of them, I said something like, I said, like, I I don't know. I feel like I'm a really good Airbnb searcher. Like I know what I'm looking for. (laughs) I know how to get it and whatever. And she's like, she was like, no, I think you're right. I think I'm bad at searching on Airbnb, which is why it's so, you know, great to see them launching all of these new design features and split stays and this and that, because you need to cater to the average user, which maybe you know, isn't searching for the amount of listings that you and I are each year. And so it's great to see them doing that, but also understanding what you, what you, what is important to you and how to use the tools that they have available to find that is, is, is worth the time. And I would add as well that I think we've had some really great hosts that um, have maybe had some experience of long-term stays uh, where they think about some of the logistics. Um, So that's maybe like having a cleaner come, like once a week we yeah. have that in some listings, which has been so nice. really, really nice, you know, and maybe it's, you know, because they have a deal with that cleaner or whatever to kind of keep them hired or whatever, you know, but it's been, a, that's been really, really nice. And, it, and it, you really notice some places where they treat you differently because you're a longer term stay versus one of their maybe typical two or three sort of guests, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, I do think there is a mind shift that needs to be taken by the host for a regular two, three night person, you know, to, to a long-term stay. And like Steph said, we haven't had any long-term stays in our place, but the minute that we do get one, I think we'll be very, very mindful of how we, we communicate it to them differently. Um, and we also maybe even try and arrange something like a cleaning or some kind of arrangement halfway through their stay because you need a bit or of even a, down to like recommendations. Yeah. I always use this example of we stayed at a place in Athens that was obviously like a weekend kind of, place um and it had a you know a physical book of recommendations and it had like a grocery store that we went to a few times and then we kept thinking like there's got to be a better grocery store there's got to be a better grocery store and sure enough there was it was you know 10 minutes more walk but 
you know, on a weekend you need a convenience store to pop down to get a bottle of wine or whatever. And we needed diapers and yeah, you know, yeah. real grocery. And so I always use that in the kind of feedback of understanding how the mind shift happens as a host and what you need to communicate. So it might be something like that. It might be, you know, events that are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, this one, this one didn't have any cups. It had mugs and she was like, Oh, well, there's mugs. And it's like, well, I'm here a month. Yeah. Maybe it's this cultural. I don't know. But yeah. I don't want to <laughs> I can yeah. drink yeah. water out yeah. of a mug for a month, but I sort of feel like there could be, and then she, she brought some cups, but it's, yeah, it's totally different. Like, yeah. you know, cause this place too, I think is like, not like a party house, but like a big, there's a bunch of beds in here. It was common in a lot of soul listings, actually. I think there's big groups that come and stay and probably spend no time away. Actually in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And this place is lovely. It's just, you can tell what the majority of users are. And sometimes it's not long stays. No, no, I, I, that sounds familiar um, (laughs) from some of our Mm -hmm. own experiences. But, uh, you know, I also think too, our, our favorite places that, that we've been have been where the hosts have actually lived on the property. They've been in like a separate house. So it's been like their guest house. And it's a similar thing. Like there's this, there's this awareness and this attention to, Hey, you are physically right over there. Like, you know, I, I can't see you, but like you can see my house. Right. And so I feel like the, the level of awareness they have of what you might need, whether it's, you know, somebody to come in and clean, whether it's to do laundry, right. Um, you know, whether it's, Hey, like I just went to the bakery and dropped you off a couple of muffins there by your front door. Like, those sorts of things are just easier to do for the host because they're, they live right there. And then also for the guests, it just, it just goes a long, a long way. Those simple touches. It it really does feel like, like one of the things that people, you know, some of the haters will say about Airbnbs or just short-term rentals in general is like, you know, when they, when they travel, they they like the hospitality experience. They like feeling cared for. They like the fact that they leave the hotel room and then when they come back, it's the bed is made. Right. And they, they like the concierge being as responsive as they are, you know, and, you know, there's, you, you lose a little bit of that typically when you're staying in a short term rental. So when you get, when you get notes of that, right. Or vignettes of that mm-hmm. sort of like, Ooh, mm-hmm. like uh, five-star hospitality experience, it just increases immediately the, um, the, the recognition that no, 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 I, I can have a great, you know, experience. I, I can treat myself, um, uh, within the context of a short term rental. So, um, Anyways, for, for whatever that's worth, I, I agree with the sentiments that you all have expressed. No, that makes sense. We're struggling with that, honestly, because before this year, we've always hosted a room in our home, often with a shared bathroom. Like we were really getting to know. So it's in the reviews used to come in and they were warm and meaningful and because they had mm, met us and yeah. we had shared a drink for breakfast. And then we, you know, we left and we have somebody that manages our property and we, we have five star reviews. Um but they're, and they're lovely, but they're not the same. Cause yeah. Cause there. they haven't met you. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of reviews again, um, but we're not there to kind of create those memorable experiences. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious throughout this incredible adventure that you both have been on and you know, you're with your son and oh my gosh, like what are, I guess he's, he's young. So I'm sh- hopefully he'll have, he'll have some memories of all of this, but who knows. Right. Um, but I mean, what an incredible experience. Like I, I'm sure there are so many things he's just like learning that like will stick with him subconsciously, even if he can't like really remember, you know, where he stayed in yeah. Seoul. Um, but, but what have you guys learned about yourselves through this experience? Are, are there any sort of behaviors or, or habits that you've sort of adopted along this journey that, that you hope will stick with you regardless of, you know, what you do next? Yeah, I don't. I know, and you sent it to us, yeah. and I saw it, and I should have prepared. <laughs> it. No. Um, I mean, 
learned is like, I think we knew we were adaptable, right? But like this year has just confirmed it. And I think it's just, it's lucky that we both kind of thrive off constant change. And when we get to a new city, the feeling is excitement, not, it's not daunting or whatever, which is both completely valid emotions. It's just, it's nice to know that we're totally on the same page as far as like loving to travel and loving uh, newness and it's been really fun to see that so far and hopefully for a while Hayes um, is also very adaptable like he just waltzes into new listings and calls everywhere new home <laughs> like so we go back to new home and so, so it's we're in like day 10 and he's still calling it new home so yeah. eventually it won't be new home it was home and then we, we did a cooking class we went to somebody else's home and he was like oh my new home it's like no it's not your home <laughs> like oh, five star like we've yeah anyway so um I mean, I want to continue to be adaptable. Yeah. I think travel, it's all the travel cliches, right? Like to understand that things can be different, but not bad, uh, worse, better or worse than other ways of doing things. Um, I don't know what you want to say. Yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I mean, maybe just sort of trying to know, thrive in a little bit of the unknown, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah. This is the first time that we've ever done something like this but and also not know what's coming next i mean there's always uh, we're quite we're quite kind of we're big planners i think we're not you know? massive risk takers normally yeah um but i think this probably qualifies so learning, learning how yeah. to thrive in the unknown i think you know because it's sort of sometimes can be a bit up and, and down then just and, the time with haze too like i think we often I mean, I, I cannot say it enough how like immensely grateful I feel multiple times a day. Like I'll stop and just be like, this is crazy that this is my life right now. Um, and one of those things is like when you're just like hanging out with Hayes at a time that, you know, if this was last year, we'd be at work or we'd be coming home from work trying to get dinner on the table or like all of those like normal um, life things that everybody has to deal with that we somehow don't. We're dealing with other things, but, and so I don't know, really like, not taking for granted that time with Hayes and somehow incorporating that, how, whatever our life turns into after this, like making sure we make time to spend with Hayes, I think will be an important thing. So, yeah. And I think also finally to, I don't know, this also wouldn't be, this wouldn't be happening without Airbnb. So, um, you know, I think we've, we've, we love the company. We've been loyal to the company. We've been with them for a long time. Um, so it's been really awesome to be able to do this experience thanks to them. Um, you know, and I'm off, after this, we will continue to, <laughs> to use Airbnb as well, you know, but um, I don't know. There's something in that, I think, you know, uh, from sticking with with a particular company or thing for, for a long period of time, I think it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Do you all miss anything like material like I, I imagine you have a few suitcases but you probably left most of your stuff if not like you know 90 percent of your yeah. stuff back home like do you ha, have you become more detached to like stuff or like how do you feel about like missing stuff we already were i think because we moved from china to london to india to chattanooga so i think already okay. we had weeded out we weren't too attached to material items that said after india we moved to chattanooga because we wanted roots and a home and we got that and then realized how quickly you accumulate stuff. Material things. Okay, for if my case, my dad is listening, I should say that I miss our two cats that they very generously 
uh, took from us, much to my dad's mistake. So I desperately miss two cats. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, yeah, exactly. um, no, I don't know. It's kind of weird, right, to be doing this right after like two years of a pandemic with a newborn because I don't know. I do. I look back on that time. Very lucky to have not been affected by COVID very personally. It's obviously it's terrible, but like I look back to some elements of that time fondly because it was our little family and our home hanging out and cooking and whatever. So there's definitely moments, it's not material, I guess, that I am like, oh, okay, like one night sitting on the couch, <coughs> watching a movie, making a cocktail, like getting into my own bed. Like, yeah, that sounds nice for like a night, but not, not actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that over this. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's just different chapters of, I think to the point I was talking to Pete the other night and I was like, it's so crazy how, how many different places and situations I can feel really happy. Like there's not, I don't feel like there's not like one kind of scenario that I need. So I I look back on that fondly, but then I also love this, which is great, but also makes it hard to decide what to do with the rest of your life so <laughs> i mean but hey like that's the goal right like i think that's that's what we're all in our own way sort of like striving for is like is no one can predict the future no one under you know we we can try we can work really hard to get into situations and environments that are conducive to the things that we think that we want and oftentimes when we get there we're not even sure that we want them anymore right but like this idea yeah. like when you talk it sounds to me like you've sort of arrived at this like this feeling of like contentment, like, 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 Hey, I, I can, I can like thrive, not just survive. I can thrive in so many different contexts. Like, and I, I do feel like that is something that you can garner. That perspective is something that you can garner as you travel. Right. And as you immerse yourself in these very unknown situations. And I think at the end of the day, like that's what, that's what at least most of us are striving for is, is feeling like we can thrive in, in a variety of contexts, that feeling like we can thrive with no matter what life throws at us. And so you you being able to sort of like own that and 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 recognize that and you know give life to that during this adventure, I think that if 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 you garner nothing else from this experience, the fact that you've you've grasped that realization, I think makes the whole thing worth it. Yeah. If I could figure that out and see friends regularly, then (laughs) those two things, those things. So I I have just a a couple final questions for, for you both. First and foremost, you know, I I do just want to understand what is it like traveling with, with Hayes? Like, you know, uh, we, a lot of the people, you know, tuning in here are probably thinking like, okay, great. I could do this if I do this, if I was single or if I would, you know, just had a partner with me, but like, having having a kid right especially a young kid like it's got to be scary a lot of as you were talking about earlier a lot of people talk about the terrible twos and say don't go anywhere with a two-year-old so like what has the experience been like you've you've shared a little bit about this already but any any sort of like lessons learned or like i guess any any words of advice you'd give to folks as to why this is a good idea or or why this can be a beautiful thing I don't think it's a good idea for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> frankly, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I think I, I feel very lucky that we love to travel and that we still love to travel with Hayes. I don't think that's a given, um, which is also fine to not travel with your toddler and then come back to travel or whatever. Um, but we love it. Yeah. Um, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. He wakes up early and doesn't stop till he goes to bed and you can't, you know, 
you can't just like duck into a coffee shop and ignore the world for a little bit. Um, But there's so many, I mean, so there's this travel blogger I follow, the traveling child, she's on Instagram and her like quote is, uh, if kids live there, kids can visit. And it's so simple and it's so true. Like all of these places, everywhere in the world, there are kids, right? And there's challenges to some places and we haven't been anywhere like immensely challenging, I would say, but there's kids everywhere. You can make it work. Um, And it's so rewarding. Like it's a really rewarding, when we started this, he was saying, I had notes uh, in the notes app on my phone, every word he said. And it was like, I don't know, there was like 50 or a hundred words. And now he's like telling stories and saying full sentences and talking about, you know, the elephants he saw in Sri Lanka and the Buddha he saw in Thailand. And um, you're just like watching it kind of click and interest develop and it's exhausting, but it's so exciting. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have advice because yeah, everybody would do it different. Our interests are different, and I'll say on the spectrum of like traveling families, you know, you some of these some people, it's all about the kids and it's theme parks and nature and this and that, and we're we're sort of like, you know, you're two and a half. We're gonna do what we enjoy. <laughs> and hope that you do. Too. <laughs> Sounds terrible. I was just thinking of somebody on an Airbnb call too. She was like, "What do you look for in a listing?" And I was like, I think you want me to like say that I prioritize like bathtubs and all these things that make it easy to travel with kids. And the reality is that I look for what I want and then hope that it will work it out. Will. For kids. <laughs> um, but kids are adaptable. Yeah, I, mean, I don't yeah. compromise his safety or his happiness. Of course, but, um, of course. Yeah. You know, he's two and a half. And so, and he's two and a half, right? Like we, we took him to an amusement park today. It's the first amusement park we've been to. It's this big famous one in uh, Seoul that we were like, yeah, we should go there. And he had a great time. But he had a great time at the like 200 square foot kids cafe that Pete took him to. Honestly, he has a great time well, has pretending to. that the there's like this ramp in the subway that's meant for like bicycles and luggage that he's decided is a slide and slides <laughs> down this like, filthy, dirty ramp in the subway. So it's like just remembering that like yeah. he's two and a half. Like the same thing with the elephant. We went on an incredible sunrise elephant safari in Sri Lanka. But yeah, he enjoyed it, but he also loved the stray dog at our Airbnb there, you know, just as much. So you just have to remember whatever age they are, I'm sure there's equivalents, but we only know kind of two and a half, like he's two and a half, like keep him occupied and talking and reading books and doing things. But other than that, like he's going to find entertainment in really (laughs) mundane places and really exciting places. So I don't know. I would, I would caution parents too, to not sacrifice too much of what makes a vacation good for them. Yeah. Oh, I love my, that. My favorite, my favorite thing. Sorry, that, that that he does is uh on any sort of public transport when they have the announcements in the whatever dialect or language, he tries to impersonate that, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. That's I mean, awesome. He'll do it. He'll do it in the voice of the you know <laughs> the recorded voice or whatever it is. It's it's hilarious. But and, and I will also just say like I understand what an immense privilege it is to like not be working for a year and have two parents traveling with like we again have removed a lot of the like nuisances yeah. of daily life. So it's not even like we're you know we're we're sacrificing our two weeks of holiday a year. And this vacation needs to be perfect with our child and also relaxing and also like all the stuff like we're in a unique and wonderful experience of traveling full time for years. So like the stakes are also a little bit lower, right? Like if we have a bad day, it's one day out of 365, not a short family vacation. So 
I, I just want to be clear that I'm, I'm aware of that. And yeah. we, you know, we have the, we have time on our side and it's, it's nice and we're flexible and that has made this year a lot easier. Same, same with, you know, where we're staying and stuff like Airbnb is very generously covering that. So there's a lot more leeway with if something's wrong at a listing than if I had spent my hard earned money and vacation time um, to go book that on my own. So yeah. I, I just want to throw it out there that I'm aware of what a privilege this year is. Um, but I think there's many lessons to be learned that will apply to the rest of our lives for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on that, on that note, um, having been so many different places, we, we're obviously still coming out of a crazy couple of years that has impacted the entire world. I'm curious, you know, what you've observed about how how other parts of the world like view work and life and 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 travel. Like, have you have you observed anything that seems foreign or or different or you know unique with respect to how people think about these things from how you know those of us in the states might think about the, these these things or or does it feel much more common than it does? Than it does different. No, I think it's totally different. I have two two things I want to say to that. The first is not related to work, but I think we started traveling in September, right, with a kid who wasn't yet two. And I think a lot of, and not related to work, but to COVID, a lot of people couldn't, I don't know, I felt a little bit self-conscious about like, we're about mm -hmm. to travel the world for a year and we're still very much in the middle of a pandemic and we have an unvaccinated child. We're both vaccinated, but obviously. Um, but we, and we chose Italy because they had, at the time you had to have, you had to be vaccinated and have a test to get in. You had to show your, your vaccine card to eat in restaurants, this and that. And so people used to ask all the time. And it was like at the time and almost, I don't know, I don't mean to get political, but like to where we are now, I don't think we've been anywhere that felt more dangerous than staying at home in Chattanooga, certainly when we left in August in reaction. So I think from traveling, you just see how people do a lot of things differently. But one of the things that we've, we've observed is how they deal with COVID and especially mm -hmm. traveling with an unvaccinated child. Yeah. We've been impressed with a lot of the efforts countries are taking that sometimes our own isn't willing to take. Anyway, you asked about work. And <laughs> I think the most recent example is we visited some friends actually from Chattanooga, a friend and his husband in um, France. And um, it was just so interesting. We stayed with them for a week and they both live and work in France. They're both French now. One, anyway, um, and that felt really different, right? Like work didn't, it wasn't this like end all be all thing. It was kind of like they went off and did it in the day and then they came home and we had a drink and an appetizer and a four hour dinner. And it was just this like total shift of kind of, and I, I guess it's a cliche to use like France as the example, but we really, <laughs> I think observed that they like prioritized life and friends and so many things other than work. And we didn't even talk about work, which I think at the beginning of this year, I don't know, I was like a little bit of self-conscious about because someone, someone should have come to, oh, what do you do? And it's like, well, right now, nothing. Um, but that's not true. I don't do nothing. Like I have a personality and interest <laughs> without having a job and like realizing that has been really interesting. I mean, so yeah, I think definitely I'm trying to think where else we've observed work, life stuff, but um. Yeah, it's kind of tricky just given that we are, it would be really fun if we were doing this and also maybe say if you were working a little bit in each of those countries, um, maybe you'll get like a little bit of an insight. I mean, I feel like this, this neighborhood that we are here in um, in Seoul actually, uh, it seems like a lot of colleagues go out 
for dinner afterwards, right? To to some of the local restaurants around here, and that's that's just quite you know interesting to see. But I don't feel like I have an insight really as to to sort of the work culture here. But I think um, I mean there's obviously a shift happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah globally but in the states for sure and so i think yeah it's just interesting to compare that to other places because i think some places are ahead of the curve on that and but i don't yeah i didn't answer your question no no (laughs) hey it was it was a it was a very broad big question but no i i like the i love the france example um and i think that that's i think what my my hope anyways is that the outcome of all of this can be more balanced um so that more people are able to go and and you know, make a four-day weekend trip, a Friday, take a Friday and a Monday off, and and, yeah. and work on Friday and half-day Monday, like, and so they don't think, have to work. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, interrupt me, please. No, I think that will be a priority of ours. I yeah. mean, we already knew that, like having a kid and loving travel and whatever, but like after this year, I think it will be even more important to figure out a good balance somehow and whatever we're doing next. Yeah. Um, both to be able to travel, but also like again to spend time with Hayes like the other thing about traveling with a two-year-old is they're not two that long so yeah, like it feels yeah. like this is this really like precious life stage, as I'm sure they all are but it feels like we're getting to be with him during such a fun and interesting stage I mean they all are so whatever no 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 but, but I mean you know that's yeah. that's true like right like how many people who are have you know they're, they're both working, right? Parents are both working, get to spend this amount of time with their young child. Like most of the time they're, you're in daycare and then you're in like pre-kindergarten and then exactly. you're in kindergarten. Like the bulk of the day, the bulk of his like waking hours, right? You're not with him and, and now you are, right? And I mean, that's, that's nothing, sh- you know, short of just super special. And I think now that we've had that, it's going to make it harder sure. to return to the old norm of, sending him to daycare at seven 30 and picking him up at almost six o'clock. Um, so I've regularly said that whatever my next job is going to be, if it's going to be a conventional, you know, nine to five, whatever, I definitely want to just do a four day with four day. Okay. Work stop. Week, You're you know? going to, we don't always listen to this. I'm going to try and stick to that. Yeah. See, I like it. I like it. Maybe working, you know, 60 hour weeks or whatever but yeah. i mean it's it has been something that i've really i thought about probably the most in regards to work type stuff is like my next whatever move will, will my next opportunity whatever it will be i really want to try and make sure i prioritize you know um, flexibility flexibility yeah yeah well this has been amazing guys i really appreciate you taking time out of your uh incredible journey to to spend an, an hour with us my my, my last question is really just around what's next. So it sounds like we're not entirely <laughs> sure what's next, but I mean, how do you, like, how do you even th- approach the thought process around how to come back from this? Like, what are, what are some of the questions you guys are wrestling with? Oh my God. All of them. We really have no idea. No idea. Cause I, we're open to living anywhere working in a lot of different capacities. I, I wish I had more answers. I think we've like identified, you know, core values of what's important to us in life. But again, those are across the board, you know, we're pretty adaptable. Um, yeah, again, you and my dad, I think would love to know the answers. To questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at some point I need to figure them out. Um, but I really don't know. I would love to, to work and travel in some capacity again, but that's a massive industry. Um, 
I think both of us would love to live abroad at some point, but I don't know, this year has also, I think an ideal world is like having a base in Chattanooga and getting to spend lengthy amounts of time traveling or elsewhere. Yeah. I don't, as far as how to achieve that, we haven't, we haven't figured it out just yet. Well, when you guys figure it out, let me know. You can, uh, you can work anywhere. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you, when you solve that problem, uh, let us know, because yeah. I think it's something that a lot of us are, are wondering too, um, right. and trying to, trying to figure out, but, uh, Stephanie, Peter, this has been amazing. Thank you guys so much for, uh, taking time. I'm so just, uh, happy for for you both and think that this is just like such such an incredible adventure and i really do hope you uh I, i'm following you guys on youtube and and instagram so um and for those tuning in we'll link to your instagram and your youtube below um and then you know also i, I hope you i hope you you know start some online resource of playgrounds around the world and i hope that that <laughs> makes you millions <laughs> and then you can do whatever you want you know so um best of luck to you both as you continue on uh this this adventure and and you know future adventures and it's been a it's been a privilege getting to talk to you thank uh, you so much for having us yeah. really appreciate it definitely thank you so much Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.